this he has done. I was reading a survey about the next generation. Some time ago, uh, you used to take around 25 years to arise a new generation. Now it's just 10 years. And the next generation, we call Generation Z, they were born between 1995, 1996, 2010. It's these guys here. The Bible is giving me this mission. Danny, you need to tell for these guys, they were born 1995, 1996, into 2010, three things. Just to let you know what's happening, because sometimes we don't understand and we forget that we were young or teenager once. But this generation, they have different challenges. Just one point, we don't have time for this now, but we'll keep talking about this, of this new generation. Did you know that on Facebook in US, you have between 52 and 58 different genders that you can choose? And UK is coming to 71. What that means? Sexuality is neutral. Depending on circumstances, I can be male or female. Generation Z, there is no doubt. Satan had planned for this generation. They are the target. It's, it's difficult for them. It's difficult even to, to keep their faith in the school. The only way we as parents, as church, can save them for the ending prophecies, for the apostasy, for everything is preaching, teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross, the death, the resurrection, every single day to them. To save the next generation. I have three in my home. And maybe you think in your seat, oh, but I don't have children. Ways to the end. Yes, you have. I will introduce you for your children this morning now. I have three. And I need to stand in a gap and fight for them in prayer. Because I know Satan has planned to them, for them. And in the school and the, the friendship and everywhere. I don't know the conversations. I'm not there. The Holy Spirit is there. I remember when I was 17, 16, and I came to visit a friend in the same age, and his mother said for me, oh, he's in the room, and he was listening a November rain from Guns N' Roses, and weeping in the room, oh, and depressive and everything. It's that time. Now it's not the same anymore. It's different. It's totally different. But there's one thing that remains and is still powerful. It's the Word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus. And I have a message here for, for the solid and for the next generation. And, and for you, parents, the main mission in your life, when you have a baby, when you have kids, is not about ballet school, school, or career. It's the mission. It's the gospel. It's the very first thing to develop their salvations, to teach the Bible, to teach them how to love the Bible, how to read the Bible, how to know more and more the, the Word of God. Guys, take note. Memorize this. Not in your brain, but in your heart, in your emotions. You are good in GCSE. You can memorize two verses of the Bible. You can. 1 John 2.14. What I said? 
1 John 2.14. 1 John 2.14 is written there. I write for you, young man. I'm not, in write, I'm not writing now in this moment for the church, for the parents, for the pastors, for musicians, for missionaries, for the youth. I'm writing for you, young man. Three things. You are strong. The word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Who told you guys you are weak? Who told you you cannot achieve your dreams? Who told you need to have sex to be loved by someone? Who told you you need to laugh about that dirty jokes or keep that kind of friendship to feel accept? Who told you you are not good enough? I know who told you. I know why he told you. And I have an answer to him this morning here. Devil told you. How? In our emotions and your thoughts, putting low self-esteem in you. But he hasn't told you what happening after you have after you having sex with that guy or that girl to feel loved, to feel included in the group. He, he never told you that after that you feel rubbish, you feel guilty. Nobody's rubbish for Jesus. You are not weak. Jesus has an answer for him. To him. John chapter 8 verse 44. He's a liar. It is lie. It is a lie. What you think in your room when you are alone. It is a lie. You are strong guys. You are. And he knows that. That's why he wants to kill your call. He wants to kill your self-esteem. He wants to kill your gifts, your talents, your dreams. Now, because he knows you are strong. The word of God is living inside of you. You have overcome the evil one. And this church will not give up on you. We will not lose the next generation. We will stand in the gap for you because we love you. And you want to see all of you guys full of God's fire in the universities, in the marketplace, in everywhere, full of God's fire. I don't know if my three girls, they had an encounter with God. I don't know. I need to evangelize them. I don't know if Barbara had an encounter in the burning bush, listen her name. I don't know if it's in the road to Damascus, Clara and Manuela had an encounter with Jesus. I don't know. But I need to tell for the next generation. I need to pay the price. I need to go to my bed tired because I was ministering over their lives, teaching, praying. This is our duty. This is our mission. I want to invite you to stand to pray for these guys. And I want to invite you guys to come here in the front, please. A few minutes. I want to hug you. Danny, I have no kids. Yes? Okay. Malcolm, Nick, Josh, they need help. You have time, you have gift, you are a clever person, you can help. Talk to them, have a coffee. How can I help 412? How can I help Solid? You need money, you need the lift, you need help to build a project. This is your kids. If you don't have, there's plenty here. <laughs> you are strong. The word of God is alive inside you. You have overcome the evil one. That's why he's a liar. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, 44, when he lies, he speaks his mother tongue. He's a lie. I want to invite you not only to pray for them. I want someone who is not me 
to look to Barbara and adopt her this week in prayer and to give a hug. The same for Edward, someone who is not Chris and Nicola. The same for these guys. If you feel in your heart, come here now and say, hey, this week I'll be praying for you. This is my WhatsApp number. If you need something, talk to me. I'm not your dad. I'm not your mom. But I can be. Do you know what I mean? I have a few minutes. Don't come. Don't pray for these guys. Don't give a hug. A hug. Don't give your time for Malcolm, for Nikki, for Josh. Talk to Josh. This guy is brilliant. He went to my house and said, what's your dream for the youth? And then we talk. You can do this now. Give a hug. This is your kids. This is the next generation, the Z generation. Use the... You was, you were, I was raising, watching, um, what's the name, that old preacher? Jim Swaggart on TV. We put on TV. They will leave the message on the internet, on YouTube, YouTube channels, Instagram, Facebook. Use this to spread the gospel. We are here to pray for them. Church, please, let's pray for the next generation. God, please, we want to see preachers. In this church, we want to see teachers of the world in this church. We want to see missionaries. We prophesy over their lives. We love this generation. We will not lose this generation. Send your holy fire. Send your spirit. In Jesus' name, we rebuke all the low self-esteem, all the lies of the devil. As a church, we stand in the gap and pray for them. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our responsibility to tell the next generation. What's their dreams? What they carry in their hearts? What their emotions? We care about them. Lord, we care about them. We pray for them. They are your children. It's our responsibility. Yours is our duty. Help us, Holy Spirit, to teach them, to tell for the next gener generation your wonders what they have done in our past and our history. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come upon their lives, their emotions, their minds, their plans, their careers, their dreams. In Jesus' name, may they feel accepted, loved by you, Lord, by us as parents, as church. They, may they feel embraced by us, in Jesus' name. Steve, do you want to just use this? Take over? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, uh, we've, we've got you and Nick, we've got Joe and Amy, we've got Danny and G. I don't know if G's around today or if she's got to work. Six, Five or six, someone like that, yeah. 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 We're just going to uh, pray for a minute or two more. Then these guys are going to go out and we're going to have a part two together. Okay. Why don't you just keep praying for another moment or two. Just lift your voice again. As Danny said, you may not have a teenager here. Maybe yours are long since grown up and gone.
Maybe you've not been able to have children. Maybe you've got little ones down the corridor in Kids Church. Why don't you pray now as you want to pray? Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Great. Take your seats, please. Um, so I'm just going to urge you again to come tonight to participate, to pray. Solid are not putting on a show for us tonight. They're coming to help us to pray. And uh, I'm, I'm really rather excited about joining them in that. Are you, you guys going out now, Josh? Or, uh, you are. Oh, fantastic. Well done. You're very brave. You're very brave. Blame Danny for that, not me. Um, I'm, I'm nice. Yeah, 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 that's fine. So, hey, we love you guys. Why don't we just cheer and celebrate as these guys go out? So, um, as well, we've got some chairs behind us. We're just, it's going to be just the greatest boy band in history now. Um, we've just, as I think, <laughs> no, it won't be. Um, Justin said uh, earlier we've had 36 hours on a, on a minibus together. Um, no, we haven't had 36 hours on a minibus. I think for a while we were in Liverpool. Um, but it feels like that. Uh, it's been a beautiful time. Thank you so much for releasing us. But um, we, we've really got on our hearts just to, to equip the whole family in the kinds of things that, that Dan... I mean, Danny's taken 10 minutes there. But it's a lifetime of prayer and energy. And we, we just love to have a little bit of a conversation with the church family uh, about the practicals of, of how do we live in the kind of... Uh, gospel discipleship culture that Danny's just outlined. Again, we, we kind of, uh, we were swaying between two viewpoints. Do we do, we do this? To, um, do we take all the parents of children and take them down the corridor on a Sunday like this and just equip them? Or do we do it with the whole family, recognizing that for some that's going to be painful and tender? There are some here who've not been able to have children. Um, there are some here whose children have long since grown up. Um, and I think pretty much every parent, even as we talked around the minibus uh, yesterday, uh, we recognize, I, I, I don't know a parent who's a follower of Jesus that doesn't carry some kind of guilt or shame or, or, um, or what the enemy will want to put on us, a condemnation that we've done it really badly, we've not done enough, we've blown it, uh, look at the mess you've made, all that kind of stuff. Perhaps it's just me and Kaz. But I suspect there are more of you than that. So uh, in our imperfect parenting, we'd love to have a discussion that the whole family get to take part in today. I think the, the foundation Danny's laid there is great. Again, what Justin was saying, prophetic, that was a prophetic moment earlier, actually. Don't miss that this morning, that posture of prayer, holding hands up together in prayer. We've been so grateful down through the years. The investment in our three children has been through so many others that have prayed for our kids, some old aunties and uncles. Uh, one or two we know that have never been and have their own children, but we know have prayed daily for our, our kids down through the years. They've been so committed and, and faithful. So this is a whole family business. Uh, we're the family of God. It takes, a, it takes a community to raise children that love Jesus. Um, and uh, we, we will not lose this generation. That was a prophetic statement too. So with that in mind, I'm not going to say any more. Why don't we, Chris and Nick, Danny, G's, G's not able to be here this morning, she, but Danny come as well. Who else? Joe and Amy, you've got, you got some little ones. Why don't you come and help us? This is not a panel of experts. They don't want you to think that. They're really not. They're good people. They love Jesus. They're doing their best. Um, but perhaps we represent something of the sort of discussion that goes on in many of our homes. Kaz, are you going to help with this?
Okay, so I've got a list of questions here in front of me, but um, we may veer off. We may uh, decide that something that they say is really worth hearing more about. Um, so I'm going to start off with a very, um, with a very good question because it's been underlined in what Danny has said. So what scriptures... <laughs> yeah. What scriptures um, have particularly shaped you in the way that you've approached the discipleship in your home of your children and family? What scriptures... Go on, who would like to answer... He would like to give a go. Thank you, Danny. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is the, let's say, the, the main one. Uh, wait, I'm open, okay? The, the normal Bible is faster, but okay, it's here. Um, because through the, the first books in the Bible, they were in the wilderness and the desert, and then they came to the Holy Land. In that moment, God asked for, to Israel to stop and to remembering his words. In chapter 6, I love it because it's very um, practical from verse, this is uh, for me. Um, let me find the verse. In the uh, verse 20, in the future when your son asks you, what's the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws of the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him. We were slaves in Egypt, and then what's this? The next generation asking, "What? What? Uh, why the, um, we have this kind of faith?" And then share with them your personal story. Once I was a slave, Jesus saved dad, mom, and then if you keep reading, I'm not reading everything. It's uh, practical steps how to teach uh, in the bed, walking to school, and every circumstances. Uh, teach them all the time. This is for me. So all the time I try to use, if I'm free in the evening, instead of watching something Netflix, let's have a conversation about our uh, faith. That's it. Um, one I was going to share was a verse that Chris and I um, actually had on our wedding um, order of service was Jeremiah 29, I alone know the plans I have for you to prosper um, and not to harm. And... Um, and it, became, it kind of re-emerged in our lives when we moved to Italy and the children were 11 and 9 when we moved. And, and so they were anxious about the changes they, they were going to experience with changes of school and the language and friendships and things like that. And, and we really clung to that for that year in Italy in, in just the promises of God that his plan was to prosper the family, um, that they were his plans, not our plans. Yeah. Um, and actually that's probably more relevant now than ever before for both Flo and Ed as they, Ed, Flo's gone off to university now. And while she knows what course she's doing, she's got to university and gone, oh, what does the rest of my life look like now? Okay. And Edward's at that stage where he's, you know, he's under pressure to make decisions during A-levels about what he wants to do, and he's really not certain at the moment. And so that's re-emerging again, you know, gosh, I've got to make all these big decisions and choices. And just going back to that scripture of God alone knows the plans that he has yeah. for you. And then just teaching them to really trust in that, even in those moments when, in a worldly way, they can't, they can't make sense of their own kind of plans. Um, it's difficult to, I find this a difficult question to answer because I don't think I can point to any one scripture. Um, I'm, I love 
reading the Bible and I read it, I've read it through several times. So depending on what I'm reading, what's going on, what's happening with the, the kids at any point, how old they are and so on, different scriptures become relevant at different times. But for me, um, I, what I find helpful is when I have a conversation, whatever I happen to be reading, making it relevant. Um, because the whole Bible is useful for is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and training and admonishing and building up. So any verse in the Bible can be used. So I, I, I wouldn't probably point to any one specific passage. And that's not that I do that perfectly every time. I'm sure I've misinterpreted plenty of scripture over my time um, and taught heresy. But never mind, God's, God's bigger than you know, my weakness, which is always a good thing. You've got, you've got it. One of them, as is, it was a bit like what Chris was saying, I don't think there's one in particular, but there, one has stuck with us. Obviously, our children are only still very young, but they start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not part from it, and that was in Proverbs, Proverbs 22. And I think what we've learned so far, as we were still in the early days, is... The kids learn more of what they see than what they hear. So you can say all these great things and you can preach, you know, till the day's end. But actually, it's their lives that they're what your your lives what they're watching. You know, it's what they see. You know, if they see you reading the Bible, that's what they want to do. We find that if we go into good phases of, you know, dedicating our devotional times, the kids see that and then they want to join in. Whereas there's other times when we don't do that and they don't want to do it. And I just think what we've learned is that actually if we are talking and um, saying these scriptures, it's actually living it out and sharing with them by doing rather than just by saying. So. Um, just, just to... Uh But I do at the back. It's not going to work if I don't switch it on. Um, I know. I was talking to you. Now I'm going to talk to them. So, um, All right now. we're good. Uh, one of the things I, I just reflecting on listening to, to you guys and others and our, our own life, I, I realized as a, as a church leader, as a preacher, for, for years, been really strategic and deliberate over what are we teaching the people over the kind of course of the next two years, what are the kinds of scriptures and teachings from the Bible that we need to get into our foundations of the church so that we grow strong as disciples and, and realizing that actually we do that deliberately with the church, but we, we haven't always done that at home in our own family life. I think, wow, how much more important is it here than there? And also realizing that as we've grappled with with praying for, reading the Bible with, singing songs, worshipping at home, all that kind of stuff, realising that, man, it's, it's not just about parents and children, most of us, you know, single, young, old, um, uh, children, no children, there, there'll be so many in any church community that say, hey, you might be talking about kids today, but I, I don't really know how to read my Bible or pray at home, I don't have any real discipleship routine. So I, I wonder if you can just give us a few uh, man, I know it hasn't all gone perfectly for you, but just how, how do you practically 
What does it look like in, in your home, different stages, reading the Bible, praying? Have you got a strategy? Uh, what's worked, what hasn't worked? And maybe it will help some families here, but also help anyone who's grappling to read the Bible, pray and worship when they're not with the gathered Christian community. That was a long question, but are you happy to talk about that? Uh, yeah, so for us, we've given a wall of our living room to strategic planning for wow. um, family devotionals. Um, no, we haven't. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is the question. It's a good idea. Um, so for us, I think we we've we've kind of fallen into it a little bit. But just reading before bed and being intentional—it's not always the Bible that we read before bed. Um, sometimes it's just nice stories. Um, but trying to be intentional and make sure that what we are feeding our children um, is that we've. Again, we've we've just from the beginning prayed before every meal. We've we've prayed before bed every night, and we often pray. Well, we do pray before breakfast. So we pray for the day. Um, so again, we don't we don't do it perfectly, but there's just been some some routines that we've found, um, and some times where we're all together that just taking a few minutes to to talk together and to pray together and those sort of things. Um, I think it, it's become, the more you do it, it's sometimes at first it's, it feels really awkward, but I think the more you do it, it becomes just so natural for the children. If they fall over, if one of the siblings fall over, Eli's the first to go, let's pray for them, and just to get better. And I just think it's that childlike faith that's inspiring us to just keep doing that. I think Joe's really started this year and and pushing the devotional times in the morning and Eli or Eloise will purposely wake up early to come downstairs to fight over sitting with daddy and reading their bible so they'll grab their bible and run downstairs <laughs> and usually if Eloise gets there first Eli starts crying but it's it's that it's those are the things that you want them fighting over that I want to read my bible with daddy that that I think it's those things that are becoming more natural um, at first they felt a bit forced that right let's read our bibles but then now they enjoy it and they look forward to it and they long for it so it's 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 just becoming our way of life and how we do things rather than just routine we're rubbish at it well, you might be, i'm i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> correction i'm rubbish at it um I guess over we've been we've been parents for eighteen and a half years. Um and we've seen our oldest turn eighteen, become an adult and go off to university. So I can look back at the whole of that last eighteen years and think at what point did we really nail um helping Flo and Ed develop their own personal walk with God through reading the Bible, through praying. How have I helped them do that? What have I done to build that, those habits, those the things that you guys were talking about into their life? And I'll be completely honest, I'm rubbish at it. Um, it's, it's not something that has naturally happened. It's not something that some of the things that, we've, that, that I have tried to put in place have been particularly effective in. Um, but that's because I'm not, it's, it's not something that is, that I'm particularly good at. 
So I've had to work at it. Um, so I've had to make a conscious effort and a conscious decision sometimes to involve them in things that otherwise I wouldn't naturally have done. Um, and quite often I will, I, will, um, I will enlist the help of other people to do it by doing things like insisting that we bring them to, you know, not insisting, but by bringing them to church, by engaging them with, with youth work, engaging them with the kids' work, by um, allowing other people who are better at talking to the kids about the Bible than me to do it. And actually, as a church family, this is what Danny was talking about. It takes the whole family to, to raise kids in the ways of God. And actually, I know that, that sitting down and talking to, you know, to Florence or Edward, um, trying to help them to read the Bible in the way I do, is just, it's, it doesn't work. They're not interested in reading three or four chapters of, of Leviticus. Just, I mean, they're just not interested. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. Um, <laughs> So if I happen to be reading Leviticus, then engaging them in that isn't really going to help. But engaging them in youth, engaging them in kids' work, having them hear, um, hearing sermons preached, now they're old enough to, to stay in the sermon, they're hearing the word of God spoken, they're experiencing people praying, they're hearing stories about what God's doing. Um, and actually for me, it's, it's a real privilege and it's a real blessing to know that I don't have to actually be great at it. Um, because God's doing that with them as well. Um, I, I think we take for granted what we do, actually, in families. And I think as a church family, what we do, I think we get into a bit of a routine. And actually something that Chris is very good at is the kids will often say, oh, why is it when you ask dad a question, he returns it with a question? And they've realized now as older teens that it's because actually he's trying to get them to think for themselves rather than just feed them an answer. He's encouraging them to say, well, what do you think? What do you think it means? And where else can we go to look for the answers? And I think because that's his way, you maybe don't recognize that that's kind of a form of discipleship. And there were routines when they were little. We were fortunate enough that Chris worked nine to five. There were two of us. We were able to establish a routine when they were little at bedtimes and, and um, reading the Bible and praying. We used to do please, sorry, and a thank you when they were really little. When we prayed, say please for something, say thank you for something, say sorry for something. Sometimes now when we're struggling, that's a, that's a good strategy to still to use. I sometimes do that myself. Um, so I think there have been lots of things that we probably do, that we don't, but we don't see it as our intentional devotional, you know, this is our strategy as a family or as a church. But what I would just add as well is that I think it's really important to just understand where they're at developmentally. And I think I've only learned this coming out the other end of parenting unfortunately, I wish I'd known it 18 years ago, is that it's about stopping and saying, where is my child at in their development? What are their, what's their personality, their characteristics? What are they interested in? And where can I meet them? Rather than trying to drag them along with us and fit into what, we've, what structures we've put in place, where can we meet them in their moment, which we're finding more and more with Edward now. So they don't sit and, Edward won't sit and engage in a Bible study with us, but when there's current affairs being discussed, Edward wants to know, well, what's God's, what does the Bible say about that? What's God's perspective? If the world says that, what does God say? And he's engaging that way. It's much more relevant. And with Florence too, where everything is political at the moment, it's, you know, it's all counted with what's God's perspective. So it's just understanding where they're at. And as, as parents, as aunts, as uncles, as friends, as youth leaders, trying to really tune into that. And I think for us, this is where 412 has been... 
fantastic for our kids because they are so in tune and they ask the kids what they want to do. They don't say, here's the plan, this is what we're there. They know the kids, they get to know them, they invest in their personalities and their characters and they go to where the kids are at and they feed that rather than create a mould and try and squidge the kids into it. Yes, um, I think this is the generation who teaches technology for the parents. Do you remember uh, when I have the video cassette? Yeah. It's your dad to bring home and, oh, dad, what is that? And now it's a video cassette. Now it's the opposite. I just know how to deal with four buttons in my remote control. There's a plenty. <laughs> Barbara, I feel so old. So in the practical way, how I use this? Apps. They love it. <laughs> so um, just remember, this was the verse I was looking for. Impress them, the laws of the Lord. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lay down, and when you get up. And try to use these moments uh, with the girls. So there's just, we'll tell about one of this app. It's a nice one. The Chosen is a brand new production, very modern, because uh, we put some timeline. Barbara came to me asking about deep st steps in theology. Oh, Dan, what's the vision of the Calvinism? Before that, you need to know more and more the gospel, the God's word. And then with the girls, the little ones, Barbara's 17, the girls is 12, the twins. Uh, okay, I did something like this. To understand better the gospel, you need to understand kind of who is who. Uh, the, the lady in John chapter 4 and the well, the Jacob's well. Do you remember who is Jacob? So we start with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the 12 tribes. Only this took us a long time and put some, this app, they have videos, they have a lot of stuff, games, plenty of stuff on the, uh, the phone. So we are in the room, each one with their phones reading the Bible using technology. And then, I don't know, they understand better, they feel part of it. Then I, have, I bought some cable on Amazon, and I put on TV, and then you can see, uh, it's amazing. Now, we finished, and we are reading together John and Luke. So we are now in John chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, and talking about each chapter and the style of each uh, writer. But then, I always play with the girls, it's like a film, we were watching a film, okay? And this moment, when Jesus is talking with the ladies, he looked to the camera and is talking to you now. What he's saying, Clara? And then she reads, oh, yeah, it's true, it's nice. And then have fun. So I have this timeline in the Bible. Not everything, of course, but the key points using apps. And Barbara helps a lot with this. That's great, isn't it? And I think um, we're in a really fabulous position here within the church because we have got seedlings, we've got kids' church, we've got solid, we've got 412, and they are all going through some amazing stuff with our children. And if you are thinking, well, I, I, I don't know where to start, well, start with what they're doing there on a Sunday morning. You can find out what's going on and build on what they're doing each week. That's a, a good thing to do. The team leaders, I'm sure, will help you. You can send a message, put it on Facebook, you'll get some information. Uh, but I think also Nick made a fabulous point, didn't she, uh, about stopping and looking back at where you've come from. You know, we might be in a difficult situation with our children at, at, at 
a, in a season and um, thinking it's never going to get better, it's really difficult, but actually just stop, take some time, look back at where you've been, what you've been through, how you've got to where you are, and be grateful because God is in it all. Yeah. Um, right, so I'm going to ask and see if anyone would like to expand on worshipping at home. And worshipping not only in song, because worship is much more than song. Joe, would you like to? Um... <laughs> I think Chris was going to say something. Um, yeah, do you know, it's been something that we've been really provoked by recently, um, particularly as those who lead worship at church and just trying to cultivate that culture at home and times of worship. Again, our kids love music, which is no surprise um there's again great resources on our tv we can watch youtube videos of bethel kids worship and hillsong worship and those sort of things but we've just realized again it's that stuff that's just happening and we're not being intentional with kind of cultivating a worshiping uh, family together um and so we we try and make times like this morning where we're not not on the stage um we try and get get them while they're running around in circles. Um, and just to explain something of the songs or just to encourage them, as Justin encouraged us, lift your hands. Why do we lift our hands? Um, and just to explain things. Again, ours are five and under. Um, and so we need to explain a lot of what we're doing. Um, I think, we're again, we're just really, really provoked at the moment to, to be intentional in saying, okay, so what does worship look like in the home? Um, and as you say, more than just singing songs or learning songs, but it's a great place to start for them to embed scriptural truth in their lives through song that they love and learn so quickly. Um, yeah, anything you would say? Um, I think that for me, again, coming from a, um, from a passion for worship, being a um, a worship leader for years, being musical, coming from a musical family. The whole idea of worship in the family is quite important to me. Um, but I think, I'll, to answer the question, I think it's probably easiest to sort of give you a, a potted history of what it, what it looked like for us. Um, when the kids were very small, um, I... That was when I was regularly um, part of the worship band, leading worship on a Sunday morning. And so they would see me doing that. Um, I would quite often allow them, just as these guys do, allow them to just come up and stand with me when they were doing it. So worship musically became something that was very normal and natural for them. Um, so again, when, when we're at home, putting worship music on when we're going out in the car or having it at home or getting an instrument out if you're, you know, you're able to play one is a great way of doing it. But it's not the only thing because, um, because the, um, the whole point with worship is actually helping them to come into God's presence, to experience and encounter God in a way that's real for them. Um, and you can't do that just by putting a, you know, putting a, tape on as it used to be in those days um, um uh, yeah eight track um you can't just do it by playing some music um or by getting a guitar out and asking them to sing there are again there are some brilliant resources um, but that doesn't always bring them into god's presence and i think this is one of the areas that that over the years has been has had the potential to frustrate and 
cause disappointment or feeling that I've let them down. Um, because I think, well, this is where my gifting is, is where my passion is. Why aren't they doing the same? As they get older, um, we started to encourage them to get involved in some way, whether it's get involved in, you know, being part of the worship time here or we, you know, go there, send them off to New Day or whatever it is where they can experience that type of worship environment. But again, you look at them and you think that it's just, it's not, they don't seem to be having the same encounter that I'm having. Um, but actually their way of engaging with God in worship is different to mine. And this is one of those questions, I think, that I could talk about what we did, I could talk about you know, what it looked like, but actually the proof of whether or not our parenting has resulted in worshipping young adults is to look at where Florence is now. She's gone to university... She's now independent of us in terms of how she's engaging with church, which church she goes to, what she does, how she serves. And her passion is to be part of the worship team through music, through singing, and that's what she wants to do. Now, I don't take credit for her being able to engage in church life in that way. But I think what we can, what we can say we have done is we have exposed both of our kids to a worshipping life, um, both personally and corporately. And actually, it has been so normal for them that when Florence is moving into a, you know, into a new place, into a new context, into a new church, it, it's natural for her to move into a new way of worshipping with them. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, we, you know, we can now look at her as a, as a, as a worshipping young adult. And that's, that, for me, is... is all I can, you know, it's the best thing I can say. So, yeah, can I, can I just jump in? Because I want to make some room for us to pray in a mo. And I'm, Nick, if you're happy, I'd love to ask you in a mo just to help us. How can we pray for, for teenagers? And I'm sure it will work for younger ones as well. Just to say as well, don't, don't discount the power of great, simple scripture songs, whether they're on cassette, like in Chrissy's house, or through whether you're streaming them. Um, as a... Growing up as a worship leader, then as a pastor, I discovered to my delight that we, we learn much more about God and much more of our theology and memorize many more scriptures through uh, the sung worship than we do from listening to sermons. I, I wish it was the other way around in some senses, but it's, we, we learn all our theology through songs. Therefore, we, we need to sing good, God-glorifying songs. That's why, we, that's why our worship bands work so hard at picking scripture songs so one of the simple things you can do without even realizing it is is coming to worship as a family playing the songs at home playing them in the car um we love it we live near i hope you don't mind me saying sam we live very near to sam and mel and a couple of years ago when we were preaching through the apostles creed um and singing that song i believe in god all the time sunday after sunday um we would hear kira going to school on a weekday morning and she's singing the apostles creed at the top of her voice down our street i think has she memorized the apostles creed in some strategic discipleship program has she learned it from our great preaching no they played the song 50 times a week and she's caught it in our heart and there's something very simple and profound isn't there about about just singing scripture were you you going to say something about painting and leaves yeah I think uh, uh, (laughs) I think there's so much more to worship than just singing songs that is applicable to all of us 
Um, we can worship through painting. It might not be something we can do on a Sunday morning here, but we can paint and express worship in that way. We can write poetry. We can write songs. We can write verse. Um, you know, when, if you've got little ones on a, a walk, picking up leaves and seeing the detail of God's creation, there are so many opportunities for worship. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. Picking up leaves is great. And throwing them at your sister and all that. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask Nick just, and this will lead us just into praying for a moment or, or two. So, uh, yeah, Nick, come and, Nick and Malcolm, uh, John T, others that just serve us so well in, in praying for our children. We really honour you. But uh, we picked up this week on Facebook. Um, the, the Camerons are praying for our teenagers who are all away at university and we thought as parents, oh, oh yeah, they're ahead of us on that. Gosh, let's get on that track. So just tell us a bit about how you pray and then maybe we'll pray. Okay, um, so um, Malcolm and I have been doing kids or youth work for about 26 years. I know I don't look old enough. Um, but um, yeah, we're really, really privileged because we have oodles of spiritual kids and um, I mean... It's just amazing what God's done. And um, we don't do anything particularly um, amazing, but we do pray for the young people. Malcolm's up right now with Solid. Um, we pray for Solid like every day and 4.12, <laughs> sometimes every hour, <laughs> um, depending on the WhatsApp messages we get. Um, but, you know, for us, um, if we get a message from a young person and they say, this is happening we stop what we're doing, we'll pause a film, we'll switch the TV off, we'll stop cooking dinner, and we'll pray right there and then. We've, we've kind of learned, if someone asks you to pray, don't say, yeah, I'll pray, do it right there and then, and then it's like, you, you've done it, you're sorted, you know, it's all good. Um, but um, for those of you who are like thinking, oh, this morning isn't relevant because um, of, you know, what my kids have grown up or whatever, it is because our young people really need our prayers. So many of them are facing stuff at school and college that we never had to face. I don't want to cry, but I might. Um, but they, you know, the situation, like Danny mentioned, about gender issues, some of the questions that they're coming up with in youth, uh, you know, heartbreaking um, stuff that they're facing, pressures for academic stuff, social media, there's so much that these young people are, are carrying and battered with, and we have to stand in the gap for our young people, that's what God calls us to do, to pray for them. So even if you think it's not relevant for me, please pray for these young people. You know, on a Sunday morning, if you come early and they're not here, walk around their chairs and pray for them, you know. Um, but, you know, we really, really need to pray for them. Malcolm and my, our heart is that these young people are further on with God than we were at their age. We, and the other thing for us is we can talk to them, we can tell them stuff, we can talk to them about scripture, but actually, if they don't meet with God and encounter God for themselves, then they're just going to dwindle away. And our prayer is that they would have God encounters, that they would know that they would know that they would know that they've encountered God and that they've encountered the Holy Spirit. So that when life's tough, they go, yes, I know my Redeemer lives and they can hold on um, and, and walk with God daily. Um, some of the young people that we've we've been with for years, have been through stuff, um, and even in the summer, some of you might met him, one of the guys came on a Sunday night, we hadn't heard from him for like five, six years, and he messaged us out of the blue, 
from 25 years ago. He was one of our young people, and he was like, can I come and see you? And shared what he'd been through. And his testimony was that he knew that we hadn't stopped praying for him. And so that's it's so valuable what you do in praying for the young people of this church. Yeah, okay. Well, Nick, okay. thank you. Can we just, just applaud Malcolm and Nick and thank them? Yeah, no. yeah, I know, but we thank you as well. Thank you. Um, just a quick note um, on supporting young people, kind of to follow up on what Danny prayed about, getting alongside young people. It's been immensely valuable for Chris and I. I know there was a season where it was Tracy that was Florence's go-to, and 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 that was fabulous because there were things that Flo just wasn't in a place she wanted to chat to us about. But the key thing was, and, and sometimes now that's Nick and Malcolm for both of them, the key thing was is that we trusted the people they were going to, and we knew them. So safeguarding alert um, to protect them and to protect you if you are going to get alongside a young person to pray for them please chat to their parents make sure that that young person wants you to come alongside and pray for them because actually their consent is the most important thing please chat to their parents or carers and say are you okay with this the reason why Nick and Malcolm and the youth team and all the kids work can do what they can do, can do WhatsApp messaging, can have them in their home is because we've got a robust safeguarding policy and a structure that everybody understands. And so we know that everybody's kept safe. We don't want to put so many structures in that you can't get alongside a young person and put an arm around them and encourage them and love them in that way or send them a message. But please do it safely um, and, and chat to the parents and have that accountability. Is that okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Just, can we just thank these guys today for sharing their hearts? It's, uh, it's, it's a vulnerable thing. We recognise as well, as we said earlier, around the room, there's all a whole range of, of pain in this area. Uh, we, we all carry inadequacy. I'm just going to pray now, and then 60 seconds on the finish of the week of prayer. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord, whatever stage or part of life you're at. Lord, we thank you for family. Thank you so much for a caring family. We thank you for this up, in and out rhythm of loving Jesus, of loving one another, and of loving the lost. We thank you for every story shared today that's touched on parts of our own lives around the room. Lord, whether it's how we're parenting, how we've parented, um, how we have been parented ourselves. God, we've all come under this at some point or another. We just ask for your release from today. God, our deep desire is that, yeah, we would not lose this next generation and, 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 and not react with fear to say we must overprotect, but that we, with, with courage and confidence, we commission and go as a family together to see young men and women uh, today and from the tiny ones growing up, even the ones not yet born, moving and growing forward strongly in their discipleship. We do pray that, 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 uh, that our ceiling of experience in you would be their, their kind of floor, their family foundation. God, we do pray they go way beyond. Lord, it is our desire that we make disciples that spread all over planet Earth, uh, that, that begin here in this, in this room. So we just lift our hands to you. We lift our hearts to you. We confess every inadequacy. Oh God, thank you for your grace where we've got it wrong. Lord, we're like Chris. We said, oh, do you know what? I've been a bit rubbish at this. And Lord, we speak into every condemnation. We reject it now. You're not a God that condemns. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we just speak to that today and to guilt and to shame. That's not from you, Lord. God, if there are things we need to put right uh, between parents and children, would you speak to us today and give us grace and courage to do that? But where it's just rubbish from Satan, we lift it off now. And we, we say, pour your grace, oh God, into every family, every single parent, 
parents, uh, every mum, dad, grandparent, praying auntie and uncle, praying church aunties and uncles. Oh God, we ask you to give us a momentum of the kingdom uh, so that these precious young men and women uh, and the generation not yet born go forward to prosper in the things of God. Can we agree together by saying amen, church? Amen. 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 So thank you. Just as you're going, we're right at the end of 20 days of prayer for 2020. So tonight, come celebrate with our teenagers. Uh, Healing prayer dropping continues on Tuesday. Uh, Mark and Julie, thank you so much for pioneering that through. And Tuesday afternoon, uh, we have a a prayer session here after school. All the details are online and in the brochures. That's particularly for parents and carers and children to come in and learn how to creatively pray together. If you want to pick up some very practical tips from today, if you're a parent of young children, then come uh, along. What's the age range on that? Hannah, are you in here? Hannah's over there. Hannah's over there. Sorry, Hannah. Primary school age. Brilliant. Okay, so Tuesday afternoon, we really want to uh, invest in that time together. It's going to be a great hour or so, uh, and it's all happening Tuesday. Tuesday night, uh, we're going to pray around the airport and uh, dis- discreetly and carefully. So either meeting 7:30 at Three Bridges Station um, or eight o'clock at the South Terminal chapel where we have permission to pray and then we will walk carefully without upsetting security and just pray and release blessing over the nations of planet earth that are gathered at Gatwick Airport. Finally, before you go late for your teas and coffees and thank the kids workers, we finish this 20 days of prayer and fasting on Wednesday uh, with our celebration supper. Uh, We're saying from 5.30 is going to be some simple food to share. We want to share stories from around these last three weeks Uh, And uh, we also just want to say thank you to Jesus and break bread together. It's for all the family, all the ages. And then for those who are able to, to stay on uh, for another hour or so, we'll gather with the rest of the New Ground churches uh, by the wonder of technology on the big screen and we'll pray uh, around our family of churches. If you want to take part in that, and we'd love all of you to access it in some way, uh, then please RSVP either through the website or just let us know at the office uh, with a little email or a call in the next couple of days. So we make sure we have enough food for you we would love to finish well and end this 20 days with a real celebration okay that's enough i think for today isn't it let's go bless one another enjoy tea and coffee if you're a guest fill in a connect form and uh, we love you go carry the presence of jesus around crawley and we'll see you tonight